0: Welcome to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Dan Roth. Amen. Tonight, you can have a seat, get your Bibles out. And uh, I want you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter number 53. Some of you guys already know where I'm going, and that's why the title of tonight's message is The Believer's Basis for Healing. The Believer's Basis for Healing. Heard the story of a young Bible college student, went and was studying the Word of God, and everything he did, he had to have a scripture for it. He had to have a basis in scripture for everything that he did. His church attendance, he knew Hebrews chapter 10. You know, we're not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. He would tithe because Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. I mean, everything he did, he he could tell you what scripture he had a basis for. In fact, he had gotten a hold of the Scripture. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, and so he was dating this beautiful young Bible college student, and every time they would go out on a date, she would come back, and just before they departed, she'd say, would you give me a goodbye kiss? And he'd say, no, I can't do it. I don't have a scriptural basis for that. She'd say, what's the problem? You can give me a kiss, and he says, I can't. I can't. She says, I tell you what, go talk to your professor and see if you can find a Scripture that you can give me a goodbye kiss. So, the young Bible college student goes to his professor the next day, and he says, you know what? I'd really like to give my girlfriend a kiss, but I can't find any scriptural basis for it. I mean, I know in marriage that's okay, but you know, I just, beforehand, I just don't see it. And the Bible instructor thought for a second, he said, well, the Bible says to greet one another with a holy kiss. And the young man said, yeah, oh, but wait, we're leaving. Like, I I could understand when we greet each other and and the more he thought about it, the more he talked himself out of it. He said, but that's really for the general population. That's really, you know, for everybody. It's not just for her. If I do that for her, I have to do that for you. You know, I don't want to kiss you. Like, I'd rather just see it, view it more as, you know, the holy kiss is like we're in communion and fellowship and we're refreshed by each other's presence. And I, I feel that if I did that only for her, that would be hypocritical of me professor said, I'm so sorry. I don't know what to tell you. You're going to have to go and talk with her about it. And so the next night went out on a date with his girlfriend again, and he's just telling her all this stuff about the scripture and greet one another with a holy kiss and why they can't do that. And she's just sitting there shaking her head. She just can't believe what she's hearing. This man, what is wrong with him? I thought he was in love. I thought he liked me, you know? So she made up in her mind that when they leave, she was getting a kiss. So here they are, they come, and he walks her to her dorm room, and he's getting ready to say goodbye and turn and turn around and go away, and she just grabs him, and she lays one on him. I mean, like, lays one on him. Just pulls him in tight. He's struggling to get away. He can't. She's just leaning into it, enjoying every moment of this kiss, and all of a sudden, he comes up for air and He says, oh, Scripture, I need a scripture, and she says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, and she grabbed him again and kissed him again. Tonight, like I said, the title of tonight's message is The Believer's Basis for Healing. We have a scriptural-based healing promise for our lives. And maybe you didn't know this. Maybe no one ever taught you this way. But I believe that one of the greatest needs in the body of Christ today is understanding from the Scriptures. We need to be taught what the Bible says about our life. You need to know what the Bible says about your finances. You need to know what the Bible says about your marriage. You need to know what the Bible says about dating. Come on, somebody, right? We need to know these things. We need to know what the Bible says about parenting. We need to know what the Bible says about stewardship and work, about our efforts, about our future, our hopes and our dreams and vision. But... Did you know that the Bible has scriptures for you, for your life, about your physical healing? And I believe there are many Christians who have this understanding from maybe the world's perspective. Maybe it's a perspective of a denomination background, that they've been taught that healing is not for today. That that was a gift for a specific time and for a specific reason, and that those gifts died with the last apostle. I've got good news for you today is that those gifts were for you and for your children to all who will believe the book of Acts tells us, and that it didn't die with the last apostle. In fact, there are still apostles today. Because the Bible says they are gifts to build the body of Christ. And last time I checked, the body of Christ is still on the earth. There is still a church alive and well on the earth today, and God is still giving good gifts to His children. He is still giving the gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And I believe it was in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 that it said that the Spirit, those who are, are, are filled with the Spirit, those who have received this gift of grace that God gives us, have gifts that are available to us. And one of those gifts is the gifts of healings. In fact, Jesus said, those who believe, these signs will follow them. And one of the signs that follow people who believe, I just got a question before I go any further. Do we have any believers in the house tonight? Do we got any believers online tonight? Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe in one of those signs is that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He didn't say nothing about apostles. He didn't say nothing about a special dispensation of that grace. He didn't say this is only for a period of time while we build the church and then once things are established, all the supernatural goes away. No, he said, this is something that's going to follow you around. And therefore, we have a biblical basis for healing. We as believers can believe God for physical healing. A couple of things tonight that I want to take a look at about our biblical basis for healing. What do we see in the Word of God that we can stand on when it comes to healing? First thing is this, is healing based on God's promise. Healing based on God's promise. The Bible tells us that all the promises of God in Him, in Jesus Christ, are yes. And in Him, they are amen. Amen is not just the end of a prayer. Right? A lot of times we think amen means we're closing up shop and we're going home. Right? Or we get to eat. But amen means so be it. It's a declaration that the will of God in heaven be done on the earth. When you say amen, you are putting the stamp and the seal of God upon something. Amen. It will be done. That's what you're saying. And so, we have a promise from God in Isaiah chapter number 53, verse number 4, and verse number 5. Look at what it says in Isaiah 53, starting in verse number 4. It says, surely he, notice that the he has a capital letter H. It's talking about Jesus. It's talking about the suffering servant. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Anybody got a good study Bible with a little number one next to that word sorrows? If you look in your margin, you will notice it might say sickness. It can be translated sorrows, but it can also be translated sickness. Surely He's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Verse number five, look at it with me. It says, but He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. Now, we have no problem, no problem when these Scriptures come to our salvation, when it comes to ridding us of our sin, right? Because we know that on the cross, Jesus bore our sin. But remember, we also said He bore our sicknesses, physical infirmities. Look at the next part of the verse, and it says, and by His stripes, we are healed. See, the Bible says that in our salvation, not only did the penalty for sin get poured out on Jesus on the cross, the payment for our ransom, that we were bought out of that position of slavery to sin, but as well that the whole person is saved. Do you think God would leave anything out when He does something? God does things completely, doesn't He? And you are a three-part being. Yes, your spirit is born again. You are made brand new. Your mind is being renewed day by day by the washing of the water of the Word of God. Your sin has been taken care of in your spirit. It's been taken care of in your soul. But what about your body? Think about this. Would God leave your body out, or would He save the whole man? That word salvation in the Bible talks about the whole person, body, soul, and spirit. You say, but I still live in in an earth suit. I still live in this fallen flesh. I still have carnal desires and things that, that wage war against God. Absolutely. But you know there's coming a day where your body will be renewed. You're getting a new body, right? That's the redemption of the whole person, And with that, God says, even though you may struggle with sin, and even though you may struggle with sickness, He has paid for both of those things on the cross. And therefore, we need to believe in the promise of God. Now, fast forward into the New Testament, because sometimes people say, well, that's Old Testament, that's figurative language, that's talking about the suffering servant, that's talking about Jesus going to bear our sins, and we're healed from sin. But listen, do you think that if God applied this directly to physical sickness, we would believe it? let's see in Matthew chapter number eight. Matthew chapter number eight. I I think of Matthew eight as Matthew the great eight, right? Because this Matthew chapter number eight, when it comes to healing, has a whole lot of stories about healing. In fact, one of the most famous stories when it comes to healing is when a centurion comes to Jesus and pleads on behalf of his servant who is sick at his house. Jesus says, I'll go and heal him. And the centurion says, hold up, You don't need to come to my house. You just say the word, and my servant will be healed, for I'm a man under authority. I say to this one, go, and he goes. I say to this one, come, and he comes. Just say the word, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. Jesus marvels at this centurion's faith. Now, this is not a Jew. This is a Gentile. This is somebody outside of the covenant promises of God. Jesus was ready to go and heal the servant, but he marvels at the centurion's faith, and he says, I have not found faith like this. No, not even in Israel. And then he says, go, for your servant has been made well. And the centurion goes and finds it just as Jesus had spoken. Now, later on, Jesus goes to Peter's house. Peter's mom has a fever. She's sick. Jesus goes in and he heals her. And the Bible says she gets up at that moment and starts making breakfast, right? Or making, I'm sorry, dinner. Starts making dinner, probably tacos. It might have been a Tuesday night. And so here she is, and she's serving everybody. Now, on the heels of all these statements about people getting healed, look at what Matthew says. He directly applies these verses that we just saw in Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 4 and verse number 5 to Jesus. Matthew chapter 8, look at verse number 16 and verse number 17. Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse number 16, says this. It says, when evening had come, they brought to Him many who were demon-possessed, and He cast out the spirits with a word. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Jesus looked at him and said, go. That's it. That's all he needed to do. Why? Because he's God in the flesh. He has all authority. And those spirits that did not belong in those bodies, what did he do? He just said, go. Might have said, out. Or he could have said, flee. But it doesn't matter what he said. He just, with one word, they were gone. Look at the rest of the verse, though. It says, and healed, how many? How many? Help me out, help me out. Help me preach this sermon tonight. How many? Come on, type it in the comment section online if you can read the word. How many? He healed all who were sick. Now, in my reading of the Bible, when I read a word like all, that means that it was everybody. That means there was not one person that came to Jesus sick that left in the same condition that they came. That means that anybody who had a condition, who came to Jesus, left healed. The demon-possessed, they were delivered. The sick were healed. The hurting were healed. The broken were healed. The people with mental challenges and anxiety and fear were delivered. Jesus healed all. Wow. Verse number 7 that it might be fulfilled. Everybody say fulfilled. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, He Himself took our infirmities and bore our." What's that last word? Notice it, that Matthew translates the word as sickness, not just sorrows, sicknesses, and he applies it to physical infirmities in the great eight chapter of healing of the book of Matthew that talks about all these different healing miracles, and he says this is fulfilling what was spoken by the prophet, that he himself took, took our infirmities. That word took means literally to grab a hold of in order to send it away. He took it, and he sent it away and bore our sicknesses. You have a promise from God. Listen, guys, this is New Testament. This is Gospels. Later on in the book of Peter, you find Peter quoting it again, and he quotes it in the context of our sin. You know, that that lines up with what the psalm says, bless the Lord, O my soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all His benefits, who forgives all of our sins, who does what? Heals all of our diseases. God gives us promises all throughout the Word of God that He is our healer and that He will physically heal our Bodies. I remember there was a time where I was uh, in Bible college. I went to a, a Bible college that believed in healing. In fact, it was, if you will, a Pentecostal institution. I had come out of a conservative Bible background. I had been raised in the Lutheran church growing up and went to a Lutheran school. That's as close to Catholic as you get while still being Protestant, and some of you guys know what I mean, right? And then then I went over to my friend's church, and he was a Presbyterian. We went to community Bible churches when I was real little, and then after a while we went to an evangelical free church. I mean, we just bounced around all the time. I mean, I, I I had a smorgasbord of uh, you know doctrinal theology and understanding of the Word of God from a conservative conservative. conservative background, okay? Never had been in charismatic or Pentecostal meetings or anything like that until my teen years later on. And so, when I met up with this wonderful woman named Jessica Cobre at the time and started coming to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center, started hearing the doctrine. I finally heard someone preach what I saw in the Bible. Guys, I go to this church because I wanted to come to this church, not because I'm the pastor, not because I, I get paid by the church. I come to this church because this is my church, I took the membership class, y'all. Can I, can I tell you that? I, I volunteered in ministries and, and have served in all different kinds of capacities here. And so I started serving. So I went to my pastor at the time, Pastor Jim, and I asked him about where he wanted me to go to Bible college because I, I wanted to go and I figured this is my pastor and wherever he says to go, that's where I'm going to go. So he told us where to go. So we went. And as we're there, we went to this Bible college, but it's in the middle of the, the nation. It's in Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma has something called ragweed. Now, as Californians, we don't know nothing about no ragweed, but my nose, when we got to Oklahoma, and it was dead heat of August, anybody that's been in the Midwest in August knows something about some humidity, okay? And here, the ragweed is out, and it's full bloom or whatever it does. I don't even know what it does. They just told me, oh, that's the ragweed, you know, because my sinuses went nuts, I remember it felt like someone had taken a long knife and just jammed it right in between my eyes. Now, I had already had sinus problems every time the San Andreas, uh, I'm sorry, the, 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 the winds, you know, come through, right? Santa Ana, thank you. Almost went for the fault line, right? felt like a fault line in my head. Santa Ana winds, every time Santa Ana winds comes up, I would get sinus infections, things like that. So, I get out there to Tulsa, and I get this rag, and I, I mean, it just felt like someone pressed a long knife straight through the center of my eyes. In fact, I remember walking to work like this one time. I was just like, And I had friends in Bible college, people who had graduated that worked with me. They said, What is wrong with you? What's going on? Are you okay? I said, Man, it just feels like someone's shoving a knife in between my eyes. They prayed for me. They spit. They laughed. They shouted. They did everything they could. Nothing seemed to be working. In fact, in college, I had a class called Christ the Healer. And the whole time in Christ the Healer, I just was hurting. And I remember in the middle of the night one night, I'm just laying there. I can't sleep. I'm frustrated as can be. And I woke up and I said, God, either I believe this or I don't. But God, says in your word that by his stripes, I was healed. God, if I was healed, then I am healed. And I did the one thing that I did not want to do at that very moment. I decided to work out. And with every rep, by his stripes. I was healed. He is the Lord that heals me. He sent forth his word, and he healed me. And I get on the push-ups, right? By his stripes, I was healed. Man, I hated it. It was like 3 a.m., something like that. Pain in the middle of my face. And yet, with every rep, I'm preaching to myself. I'm pumping myself up. I'm just declaring the promises of God over my life. Now, the next day, I went to work. And they said, are you feeling any better? I said, by his stripes, I was healed. And I kept declaring the promises of God over my life. And after a while, I got healed. After a while, the pain was gone. After a while, my eyes were just fine. I was pain-free. And then when I came back to California, did you know that I stopped having sinus infections every time those winds started blowing through? And to this day, Anytime I start getting that little sinus drip or whatever it is, I start to declare the promise of God. No, I got healed of that. Why? Because by His stripes, I was healed. I got a promise from God. I got chapter and verse. And I know the things that God has promised to me in His Word. We have a biblical basis for healing. And if you will declare the promises of God over your life, you can believe and you can receive everything that God has for you. But the second thing is this. is not just based on God's promise, but number two, our biblical basis for healing, the believer's basis for healing, is healing based on God's will. Healing based on God's will. I've met too many people, Christians, who say, Pastor, I know the Scriptures. Pastor, I know that God can heal. But I've been sick for a long time. Pastor, I know that God is all-powerful, and He can do whatever He wants. But I prayed for somebody, and they didn't get healed. In fact, they died. Guys, can I tell you something? As a pastor, I have prayed for so many people who died. Prayed for so many people to be healed of sicknesses and diseases and things like that, and they still had to go through their cancer treatment. Still had to go and get surgery. Still had to go and get a cast put on. I don't know why some people get healed and some people don't, but I do know something about God. And I do know that God is no respecter of persons. And I do know that it's God's will for you to be healed. Well, I know God can help me. No, God wills for you to be healed. Now, without getting into all the reasons why we don't get healed, let me just start with God's will to heal. Because people don't have much of a problem with God being able. People have a problem with will God. And many times it comes from a place of guilt. Maybe I've sinned too much and God won't heal me. Maybe because I've been such a rascal. Oh man, I said some very mean things to my husband or my wife and I just know that God's holding that against me. Maybe it's just my lot in life. Maybe God's trying. Here's a big one that I see. Maybe God's trying to teach me something out of this sickness. Can I tell you something? If anything He's trying to teach you, He's trying to teach you faith to believe in the goodness of God and in the healing power of God and in the will of God for your life to be healed. God doesn't put sickness on us to teach us how to be a better person. God will use it because He works all things together for our good, but I don't believe that God puts it on us In fact, that's what God told the children of Israel. He says, I will put none of the diseases of Egypt on on you, for I am the Lord who heals you. One of His covenant names is is found in that verse, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer. Wow. You think it's God's will for us to be healed? Let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at it. Matthew chapter 8, you still there? Take a look at verse number 2 and verse number 3. Jesus has just finished preaching the Sermon on the Mount. The previous three chapters are all dedicated to this famous sermon that Jesus preached. He comes down from the mountain in verse number one of chapter eight and right away in verse number two, and behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Let's stop right there for a second, okay? Again, I believe that we need to be taught some things from the Word of God. Behold, a leper came lepers were the outcast of society at that time the reason why is because they did not know how leprosy came on somebody they didn't know the treatment they didn't know how to take care of it they didn't have the modern day medicine that we have today that can help people out with simple things hygiene things like that and so when you had leprosy it was a death sentence but it was a slow death sentence it was a gruesome death sentence. In fact, if you go to the leper colonies in India and other parts of the world today, you can see people without a nose, people without ears, people who have lost limbs and fingers and toes and everything else. People who have been eaten by rats because of their sores that are open and exposed. And the people, because they didn't know what brought this terrible disease on and they didn't know how to treat it, all they knew was that I don't want to be around that. And so they had colonies for these lepers that you stay over there, and it was actually prescribed in the law of Moses that the people would separate themselves, and so they would do something. If they were walking down the road by somebody, they would have to cross over to the other side, and they'd have to say, unclean, unclean, you can't come near me, in other words. So here we see the faith of this person who came to Jesus and worshiped Him. It says, and behold, a leper came and worshiped Jesus. That right there was out of the ordinary. For him to come to Jesus and to fall down before him and get close to him was not the way of the society at that time. But he had faith to believe something. What did he believe? He believed that, number one, that Jesus is God. Notice it says he worshiped him. No one but God receives worship. So he believed that Jesus is God in the flesh, number one. Second thing that he believed, he believed that if Jesus was God, that Jesus also had the power of God flowing in and through him. And so he knew that he could be made whole. He knew that he could be made clean. But the problem was he did not know whether or not it was his will for him personally to receive that cleansing. So he falls down before Jesus saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If, biggest little word in the Bible, if, because everything hinges on that, doesn't it? if you're willing, I'll be healed. But if not, I won't. That's a pretty good gamble, wouldn't you say? It's a risk. Here he is falling down at the feet of the Messiah, and he's risking rejection. What if Jesus would have said, I'm not willing. You're you're supposed to be holding to the law of Moses. You should have been yelling unclean. You shouldn't be running up to me. He risked rejection, and yet he put it all on the line and fell down before Jesus saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, let's see Jesus' response. And in Jesus' response, realize that this is God in the flesh talking, and that God is no respecter of persons. If He did it for a leper who broke out of the ranks of societal norms, then He'll do it for you today. Is anybody listening tonight? Are are you listening? Are you hearing what God is saying to you? God is saying to you personally right now, maybe you came into this place tonight and you thought, God doesn't hear me. God doesn't see me. My prayers are bouncing off the roof. I wonder if God's gonna do anything in my life. If you came into this place tonight or if you're watching online and you're wondering about your relationship with God, look at the response of God in the flesh to the leper and listen for the voice of God speaking to you tonight. Verse three, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him. Do you know nonverbal communication is just as important as verbal communication? What did Jesus just say right there? Jesus just said, I'm not tripping. I'm not like the rest of society. I'm not rejecting you. I'm actually accepting you beyond what the norm is. I'm willing to get outside of the system right now. But not only that, touch is personal. Tonight, some of you guys needed a touch from God. Some of you guys felt so far away from God. Some of you guys have been in your pain so long, you forgot what it felt like to feel God. Right now in this moment, just receive a touch from God. Wherever you are, just realize that God is personal. God is intimate. And when Jesus wants to whisper in something in your ear, he's going to get close. He's going to put his hand on your shoulder and draw you near to his heart. Put out his hand and touched him saying, I'm willing. I'm willing. Be cleansed. You know, I'd like to read that next verse, but I just got to stop right there. Because if you were ever wondering if it was the will of God for you to be healed, I know God can heal, but will he? know that God's healed others, but what about me? Just recognize and realize with this touch from God right now, this moment, that God is leaning close to you and saying, I'm willing. Be cleansed. Immediately, His leprosy was cleansed. We need to realize that God is willing to heal that He will reach out and personally touch our lives. Last thing tonight, last thing is healing based on God's goodness. I believe we just had an encounter with God's goodness. But you need to recognize and realize the character of God because God's character is important. God's nature, His attributes are important for us to understand. And you can see those things from the Scriptures. See, it's one thing to have a promise, right? I could have a promise from a bank but if that bank has a reputation of being mean-spirited, penny pension, right, the, the little fine print trapping people, then I'm probably not going to use that bank even though they might promise a great return on my, my money because it might be pulling teeth just to get that money. But see, God has a character. God has a reputation. God has attributes about Him. God cannot deny Himself. He is who He is regardless of circumstance, regardless of time, regardless of situation, regardless of need or or of how desperate something is. God is who He is no matter what. And we need to realize that God is something that we call good. Now, the standard of the world's good is not the standard of God's good. Because God says there's none good but God. That's what Jesus said to the rich and ruler. That means God alone is good. Whatever God says, whatever God does, whatever God is, is the standard of what is good. I've heard doctors who are ungodly, people that I have taken my children to, to find out about their situation physically. Okay, so realize that I'm not against doctors. I'm for doctors. I think any doctors in the place or any doctors watching online, we love you guys because you're partnering up with what God is. God is a healer, and you are working with him. You're not the healer. He's the healer, but you're, you're helping out and, and doing your part on the natural side, and then God comes in with the supernatural side. I'm not opposed to doctors. Okay? When for doctors, I wouldn't be here today because there was a time where I had croup, my lungs clogged up, and the fire department had to come out and throw oxygen in, on my face and take me to doctors who helped me to get healed. I could have died that night. My tongue swelled up, my face was blue, and I'd have been gone. I love doctors. I love natural physicians. I love people that want to help people. I've heard ungodly doctors that I've taken my children to tell me that they have such a heart for people not to be in pain. And so they want to do everything in their power to help people not be in pain, whether that means helping them out with medicine, whether that means helping them out with diet, with exercise, training on how to, you know, do this thing right in the body. They had such a heart and a passion, and that's why they were doctors. That's what got them up out of bed every morning. That's what made them put their pants on and brush their teeth and comb their hair and get to the the office every day was because they just had a passion for people not to be in pain. Now, if that is an ungodly person who doesn't know my Jesus, if that's the world's standard, is I don't want you to be in pain, what makes us think that God wants us to be in pain? What makes us think God wants us to be sick? Don't you think that when God sees you and me in sickness and in pain, that it hurts his heart? Remember, an ungodly doctor, they're good is that I don't want to see people in pain. But God's good is the standard of what is good. Is that right? Therefore, when God sees us and when God has promises and God has a will, God is not an impersonal force. God is good. You guys hearing me? God wants us to be healed. Why? Because God is good. God desires to give us healing. Why? Because God is Good. Again, this is seen in Jesus. Jesus reveals to us the Father. Look with me at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. I'm going to read this to you in the New Living Translation. It says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. We all would say, yeah, amen, right on. And it says, then Jesus went around and doing what? Oh, come on, shouted at me, doing what? doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Notice that it says Jesus did good and healed. Now, is healing good? Absolutely. But I would just like to point out for a second that Jesus did so much good healing that the Scriptures actually had to pause and say, Jesus went about doing good and by the way, and healing all who were oppressed the devil. It had to take a moment and point it out specifically in its own category because the good that Jesus did, a lot of times when you look at the Gospels, when you see what Jesus did while he was here on the earth, a lot of it had to do with Jesus touching somebody, Jesus spitting on the ground and opening some blind eyes, Jesus putting his fingers in somebody's ears and opening up deaf ears, Jesus commanding somebody, hey, get up, take your bed and walk, and they ran and they left and they went around. the Why? Because Jesus went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed the devil. Woman, stand up. She's been bent over for way too. Get, get up. I don't care if it's the Sabbath day. Stretch forth your hand and be healed. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Remember, Jesus shows us the character of the Father. When you look at Jesus, you see the Father. Psalm 107, 17 through 21 in the Passion Translation says, Some of us were such fools. Don't you love that? The Bible just tells it like it is. Bringing on ourselves sorrow. Remember, we already talked about sorrow. Bringing on ourselves sorrow and suffering because of our sins. Verse 18, sick and feeble, unable to stand in the sight of food, we drew near to the gates of death. Some of you guys can identify with these verses. Some of you guys know what this is like. You ever been so sick that somebody brought a sandwich in and you're like, just get that out of here. I don't want to see food right now. I just can't handle anything. Some of you guys have been so sick and so torn that you've literally felt like the gates of death were opening to you. Verse 19, then we cried out, Lord, help us. Rescue us. Now, I want you to see God's response. Because remember, we're talking about the character of God. And I want you to recognize and realize that at this moment, it, it, even though it says some of us were such fools that our sin put us in these predicaments, right? That God doesn't come and say, well, you know, you need to go and clean up that sin first. Hello? God doesn't say, I want you to go and do all these great things. I want you to witness to a thousand people and have a thousand converts before you can come and get your healing. Once you read all the Bible, then you can come get your healing. He doesn't put any conditions on it. They cried out to the Lord, help us rescue us. Look at this. And He did. Why? Because He's good. Thank you for answering the question. My goodness, some people are listening tonight. Praise the Lord. Verse 20, God spoke the words, be healed, and we were healed, delivered from death's door. I love what the New King James Version it says. He sent forth His Word, and He healed them. Wow. Verse 21, so lift your hands and give thanks to God for His marvelous kindness and for His miracles of mercy for those He loves. Wow. God is good. God is good. Jesus said that God is a good Father who gives good gifts to His children. If you ask for a fish, will He give you a stone or a serpent? No. If you ask Him for bread, will He give you a rock? Now, God is a good God who gives good gifts to His children. Healing is available to you. Tonight, I want to just take some time, and I'm going to pray for the sick. Because if we ask our good God for healing, He's not going to give you more sickness. He's not evil. He's good. It's who He is. It's what He does. God is good, and all He can do is good. Maybe you've never heard the promises of God. Maybe you've never been believing. You've been unbelieving when it comes to your healing, but tonight you've seen that there are promises available to you. Maybe you knew that God was able to do whatever He wanted to do, and He could do the supernatural, but you never thought personally that God would do it for you, and yet tonight you've heard that it's God's will for you personally to be healed. Finally, maybe you never thought of God as being so good in all He does. You thought maybe the sickness was a learning lesson and that you just had it to be your cross to bear. But if that was the case, then why would you try and get healed? Why would you go to the doctor? Why would you take medicine? Wouldn't it be better to stay in God's will by staying sick? I don't think any of us thinks that that's sound reasoning. Therefore, God is good, and God is better than a physician. God is the healer. God tonight wants to touch your body near and far. Remember, Jesus said to the centurion, all I got to do is say a word, right? And the servant was healed at that very hour. You can be healed right where you're at. If you're not feeling well you're sick, if you're in pain, listen, no shame. I know right now there's all been, all kinds of shame around COVID. Somebody sick in church, right? You're sick in pain, or if you're in sick or in pain online, stand up right now to your feet. I don't care if it's a, a, a hangnail on the toe that's been plaguing you for a year. I don't care if it's a toothache. I don't care if it's a runny nose, post-nasal drip. Come on, come on, come on. Stand If, I'm, I'm, if I was sitting, I would be standing right now. I got pains in my body that need to be healed. Got things that I need healed in my body. If you don't need healing, that's fine. You can stay seated. But look at this. Look at this. All over the place. All over the place tonight. Now, sometimes as Christians, people who know this message, who could preach this message themselves, they won't stand because they say, I've already been standing for my healing. I've already prayed. And so I'm going to stay seated right now because, you know, I've already got this and I'm standing in faith. And they think that's part of their faith is staying seated. They don't want to be seen. Come on, guys. Let's get as much as we can of God. So if you're sitting there in pride and you need to stand up, maybe online even, you need to stand up, stand up, come on, get it. God's good. He's not laughing at you. He's not saying, oh, your faith is so terrible because you didn't stay seated when he was praying and you had already prayed. Come on. Anybody else need to stand? All right. All right. being led by the Spirit of God right now how to do this, because there's, the Bible says there was many ways that Jesus implemented healing. Sometimes He spoke a word. Sometimes He touched people. Same thing with the apostles, right? Peter walked by people. A shadow fell on them. They got healed. People would touch Paul with a handkerchief and take it to someone else, place it on them, They'd be healed. Tonight... I asked the question, how many believers do we have? And you raised your hand. The Bible says believers will lay hand on the sick and they shall recover. So you as a believer, appropriately, okay, because there may be places that are inappropriate to touch in church or if you're around others. But if that's the case, just put your hand over your heart, okay? But if if it's appropriate for you to touch the place where you need healing, right? Maybe you need to sit down and grab your foot, or maybe you need to... You know, just put it on your head. Like, you got so much stuff going on in your whole body that you just need the whole person healed, right? Just just take your hand and put it appropriately wherever you need that healing right now, okay? Just go ahead and put it it wherever you need it, all right? Get your own hand where you need that healing. You're a believer. You qualify. Now, I'm going to lead out in prayer, but I want you to pray over yourself. As I pray... I want you to release your faith and start asking God for your healing according to his promise, according to his will, and according to his goodness. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for each and every one of these standing right now. God, each and every one of them is in need of your healing near and far, live and online. God, we thank you, Lord, that God, you are God, that you made the body, that you know it intimately. God, you formed us in our mother's womb. And God, you know all the systems of the body. And God, you know each and every pain. You know every infirmity, God. You know everything that's not right. God, you know every cell. You know every rogue cell, God. Everything that's not working as it should. And so, Father, you know what we have need of even before we ask. But God, you gave us the wonderful privilege of coming and asking. And so, God, we ask right now by the laying on of our hands, God, That by your stripes, we were healed. We receive your promise in our physical bodies in Jesus' name. We thank you that you bore our sicknesses and our infirmities on the cross. That with every stripe that was laid on your back, that God, you purchased our healing. So, Father, we're grateful for that. Lord, we thank you that it is your will for us to be healed. God, that you reach out and you grab a hold of us and you touch us personally. So right now, by faith, God, we reach out and we connect with our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the salvation of the whole man, body, soul, and spirit, that you've forgiven our sin and that you've healed all of our diseases. God, we declare your goodness. Right now, just lift up your hands to the Lord and declare his goodness. God, we declare that you are good. Oh, God, we declare that all you do is good. Oh, Lord God, we declare your faithfulness, God. We declare that, God, that you are the healer, that you are awesome, that you are mighty. We declare that you are powerful. And, God, we give you thanks and we give you praise for healing our bodies. Whether we feel something or not, God, we lift up our voices and we declare the goodness of God tonight. And we thank you, Father God, that you have healed us in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we just say amen and celebrate God right now? Come on, hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me ask you this. Do you feel any difference yet? Who who already feels different? Feels a difference? Alright, I could I could see several hands. Wow. Wow. Look at this. Look at this. Look around. Keep them up. Keep them up. Look around right now. Look around. Anybody feel it, feel a physical difference? Okay? Some of you guys might be feeling heat, feel like hot oil got poured. poured oil. I, I'm feeling that that myself. Wow. Look at this. How many of you couldn't do something before church that you want to just test out real quick and see if you can do it now? You know, like you can't raise your hand up over your head without pain, but now you're raising it up and you don't have pain. Anybody have something like that? Or maybe your your knee wouldn't bend, but now it can bend. Anybody have something like that? I see two hands up over here. Are you, are you saying that or are you just praising God? Just praising God, okay? Anybody have a physical difference? I'm just wanting to wanting to see, cause you know, our testimony has meaning. It's one thing to say, I feel different, Pastor. That's cool. Can you do anything different? Anybody had restricted movement or pain that you don't have right now? Anybody Hey, all right. Dan, what's up, man? What's different? Back, neck, and shoulder. Could barely turn your head to the left when you came in. Can we can we get a camera? Can you just flip around and just look at these cameras in the back? Okay, and look, just give me a lefty right now. Give me the left, left hand turn right now. Can we see that? Can we see that? Look at, look at this movement. Look at this motion. You got any pain? No pain. Come on, let's give the Lord praise right now. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Now, for those of you, oh, the pain's still there. Wait on the Lord. Because the Bible says they shall recover. How many of you know recovery sometimes takes time? Right? Jesus healed 10 lepers and on their way they got healed. Hello? It wasn't immediate, it took a little bit of time. But when one of the lepers realized he was healed, he came back and thanked Jesus. Jesus said, Where's the nine? Right? Has only this one come to give thanks and praise to God? Don't be like the other nine. When you realize you're healed, I want you to come back to God and say, thank you, Lord, for my healing, and then send us the testimony, okay? We want to hear, and we want to celebrate with you and give God praise. Amen? Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.